there. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. Well, we don't have tens of thousands of followers yet. <laughs> yet. Um, we've done pretty good. In, in Oklahoma. In, in, in Oklahoma. We're doing fine in Oklahoma. We're doing kind of okay. We're doing like, we're doing I in Oklahoma. In our, <sighs> in our hodgepodge soundproof dormer. With the beautiful um, J.C. Penny quilt in the background. That thing's been keeping us warm and keeping us you know, sounding okay for a while. You know, Matter one day we'll afford the... Uh, Macy's quilt? Yeah. No, I was thinking the Dillard's. <laughs> Let's go to Dillard's and buy we're, a quilt. We're going to buy a quilt from Dillard's. <laughs> Okay. No, no, West Elm, Shan. We're getting that West Elm. Quilt. No, mm-mm. I'm not giving them money. Their stuff is so fucking outrageous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm Pottery Barn. I will. I'll split the difference on Pottery Barn. Okay, that's fine. Great. I'll do that. Okay, great. Okay, Shy. Shanna. So, this is our inaugural. Yes. First ever. Yes. Um, hashtag happy Valentine's mm-hmm. murder day. Yes. Special? Yes. Question I, mark? I like that. Yeah. Hashtag happy Valentine's day murder special. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we're really stealing a lot of thunder from like, um, ID investigates and, you know, cause they like to do those like, will you be my murder Valentine and shit like that. But... But we're going to bring a couple of Oklahoma uh-huh. murder valentines. Yes. So, mm-hmm. are we ready? Let's do this. Okay. As I hit the table. Stop hitting the God damn bless table. It. Jesus. I got to talk with my hands. I don't know what to do with my hands. Okay, Just keep go. your hands back here. Jazz hands? Just keep your to... hands back here. Away from the table. Away from the <laughs> There I'm hit. Okay, go, Shan. Okay. I'm going to try and sit like an old man. <laughs> With Are you putting your hands in your pants? Nope, I'm putting them on my belly. Okay. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So I am going to bring for my contribution, because mm-hmm. we never do two in ones, right? This is fun. For my contribution, I am bringing a Valentine's Day moiter. Moida. 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 From Okima. Nice. Okay. So Okima is a little town like east of Shawnee. Yes. Right? I believe that's right. Yeah, I'm right. I know I'm right. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Um, And this is from 2020. Oh, damn. Yeah. So that was real recent. I feel like Barbara Walters when I just said 2020. 
Um, so all of this information and more can be found in the Okima News Leader article by Shout out. Ken Childers, who hey, is Ken. the editor of the Okima News Leader. Hey, Ken. God bless you, Ken. Doing Great God's job, work. buddy. Doing God's work out there, mm-hmm. reporting on murders. Yep. Okay. So this happened, obviously, February 14th mm-hmm. on, sorry, at like 4.30 in the afternoon. Okay. It's a Friday. Got it. February the 14th of 2020. Two years ago now. Yeah. A before, man. Before. <laughs> before COVID. Before life as we know it ended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're totally right. Because we didn't shut down here until like March, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. For the um, end of the world. Sorry. That's sweet fine. Jesus. Fine. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. We're going to get past it. It's going to be great. One day. Someday. Um, so February 14th, 2020, 4.30 in the afternoon. Got it. A man calls into the Okima Police Department to report that he has killed his wife. Wow. He's just going to straight up just He just put it all up. out there. Mm-hmm. There is no mystery here. <laughs> I'm just saying um, you'll love this because it's solved. Yes, this is... He solved it. My kind of moida. Mm-hmm. He solved it for them. Okay. He had killed his wife, Stephanie. Poor Stephanie. Yep. He identifies himself as Tommy Gouge and tells the dispatcher that he would be waiting unarmed in the front yard of his home on Main Street with his three children. I'm sorry. Okay, so mm-hmm. not only do they live on Main Street... In so, Clearview. So I assume that Clearview is a, like, smaller town, right. yeah. but Okima Police Department serves right. them. Yeah. So. So, but his kids were there? His kids were there. Oh, my or God. Or it, they near. came home yeah, yeah. shortly after from like, school or they something far, like that. far from. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. So the county sheriff and some deputies show up um, about 445. So this is 15 minutes right. later and find him standing in the yard with his 12-year-old daughter, 8-year-old son, and a 2-year-old daughter. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, they said he was just standing there in the yard with his kids, smoking a cigar and drinking a bottle of water. So okay. just real calm. Uh-huh. Real just, calm about just... Taking his wife's life. Yep. So as soon as the sheriff and the deputies got there, he starts to confess what he did. So again, no mystery here. Like he's. There's no mystery. He's not even worried about it. No. And the uh, deputies have to tell him, you know, like, hold up. Let's get the kids out of here. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. So he just started singing mm-hmm. like a jaybird yeah. in front of his kids. His kids. Yep. Oh. So let's get the kids out of here before you start talking about how you killed their mom. Let's do that. Good okay? God, man. Yeah. So at least the deputies and everything were like thinking, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know. So the children are placed in DHS custody and Gouge is arrested without incident because he just gave himself up. Right. So, 
Um, He admits to bludgeoning his wife to death after an argument over text messages that he had found on her phone. Okay. So his story was she threatened him with a knife. He disarms her, stabs her, and then bludgeons her to death. Because stabbing wasn't enough. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that. Okay. I don't know. So it turns out the wife, Stephanie, had filed a protective order against him on January 10th of 2020, but withdrew it on January 24th, telling the court that she did not wish to move forward with the order. So this is about three weeks prior to her death. So it's almost textbook, like... Domestic violence situation, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. Um. So, um, he was charged, he pled, he's in prison, um, but one of the most interesting things about this is these, um, sheriff and the sheriff's deputies knew this guy because he was a multiple convict. So he had served time in their jail and had also... Um, served time as a trustee in their jail, which means he was, like, helping doing cleaning and taking out trash and stuff like that. So he was at least nonviolent enough to be trusted right. in the jail to do duties and, like, not run away, not right all that stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. So they knew him. They knew his wife. They knew his kids. Yeah. Which is part and parcel of being in a small well, yeah. like we, um, us growing up in a small town, when both of my parents worked for the um, sheriff's department, yeah, there was many a times that there was just a group of us kids that hung out at the sheriff's department, yeah, after hours, yeah, and were around the trustees were around, not not around the prisoners. They didn't let us go back there, but if the trustees were out, like yeah, if they were out like cleaning up or taking trash yeah. out or whatever, and our sheriff's department and jail was in the same building as our county courthouse yeah. so the courthouse the county commissioners the county assessors clerk, assessor, yeah, all those all those people all worked all day building. every day in the same building mm-hmm. as as the jailed yeah um inmates yeah so that's just how it is in a small yeah, in small towns in a small jurisdiction yep. so um he was Apparently, this is reported as a former chief of the Indian Brotherhood gang. Okay. Okay. And it describes, I've never heard of this. So it describes the gang as a gang whose members are primarily of Native American descent. Mm-hmm. And um, it says this chief, like, controls members of their particular gang. Okay. So it's just the head of the gang, okay. essentially. Yeah. But they take on, like, this persona of, like, a war chief, and they, the gang is, like, a tribe and stuff like that. So um, supposedly they coordinate the distribution of drugs. They collect money. Um... And, you know, 
take care of business if right. need be. Right. Right. Yep. Um. So I think that's just really interesting that we have, because we do have so many different gangs in mm-hmm. Oklahoma mm-hmm. and people don't think of it as like gangland. Right. But whether they're wannabe gangsters or like actual Rico money laundering, you know, doing business gangsters, mm-hmm. like we have a lot of a lot of people that are gang affiliated here. I try not to think about that. Yeah. It's ew. I might think about murders and things like that, but when it comes to gangs, that because I am so um ignorant to that situation i guess that it scares me a lot and so i try like those are that's one of the potentially um criminal areas of life that i really just try to disconnect from because it scares me so bad (laughs) well i mean um you've had quite a few uh drug busts in neighborhoods around here lately and prostitution busts People setting up like massage parlors inside their house. Massage parlors. Oh yeah, I mean, it, you know, yeah, that's fine. That's considered gang activity. That would be like money laundering and prostitution and drugs and all that stuff goes hand in hand. Well, all of it. Yeah. Again, just letting like, you know. It's terrifying. <laughs> just letting you know. <laughs> scares me a lot. <laughs> Just let you know. Thanks for putting that in the forefront of my mind. <sighs> yeah. So anyway, this is not a mystery. This was not huge news in Oklahoma in any way. I had never heard of this um, until we started discussing doing a special Valentine's uh, Day edition. Um, yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> um, but it's just really sad to me that there were three kids that were left. Right. And he's in prison now for probably the rest of his life. Mom is dead. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they had family that stepped up and took care of the kids. I hope so. Hopefully. I hope so. Um, But, yeah, that's just crazy shit happening in Okima. Right? Yeah, and just, like, I saw they didn't even explain what was in the text. Like... I think we. I mean, sh- no, I can assume that. Like, okay, so I think there's very. Let's take a leap. Let's take okay. a leap. Okay. Let's. I will. I'm ready to. Let's take a leap. I'm ready to defy gravity. Go. <clears throat> okay, I'm not gonna sing that song. It's um, wicked. Go. <laughs> let's take a leap and say this is already some sort of domestic violence situation. Right. 100%. She was already acting as um, an abuse victim in the fact that she wanted to remove a restraining right. order. Yes. Right. Yeah. In that honeymoon period, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's consider that this is possibly already a domestic violence situation. Right. And he is looking for a reason to be mad. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, whether she's texting a friend or a coworker or something else, and he mistakes it as her flirting with someone or making plans to leave mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. 
anything else. Yeah. I mean, that text message could have been like, oh, I'm looking to get one of your golden retriever puppies. How much are they? And he's like, are you going to leave me? What is puppy code for? Um, Exactly. Uh So, like, we know that. Right. That cycle, what that looks like. Right. You know, the abuse cycle. Mm -hmm. So I think we can assume. Yeah. That this wasn't a one-off situation. No. This is just where it ends a lot of times for domestic violence victims. Right. Yeah. Like, that's where I was. He was just find, trying to find a reason. He's looking for a reason. And that was that was his reason, but then it escalated yep. to instead of just knocking his wife around. And hopefully she did pull a knife on him. I hope so. I hope she fought back as I hard hope, as she fucking yeah, could. Yeah, I hope she fought back and... um. Unfortunately, it just, I just hate it. I do. I I hate a wife beater. Mm -hmm. I hate a domestic violence situation. But also, here's a fun data fact for you. If you're in a domestic violence relationship or a relationship that is impacted by domestic violence, if you let a man choke you, not let him, but if he chokes you, Mm -hmm. You are 80 times more likely to be murdered by that person. Right. Yeah. So it's truly just a matter of time. Right. Just a matter of time. Yes. And you have to get out. Yes. It's terrifying. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah. So anyway, that's our uh, Valentine's Day. I, that was a good one. Murder from Okima. It's sad. Sorry. No, it, it's okay. I mean. Murder is sad. Murder is sad. Someone loses their life. Yes. But for whatever reason, we cannot stop talking about it. I think it's because we're women. Probably. You know, true crime fandom is so much, so deep, so deep in the women's. Yeah. I wonder why. Because we're just used to being scared all the time. I think we're just used to being scared all the time. And it just reiterates our fears. Like, yeah. It just is like, see? Yeah, see why I what, don't is, talk to people in the parking mm-hmm. lot? This is why you don't walk out to your car at night in yeah. a parking lot. Yeah. From anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. This is why you really should pay attention to red flags on dates. Oh, or I was so attracted to red flags. Oh. I loved red flags. They were my favorite color of flags. You know? Just saying. It's fine. We all we all go through those phases. Sometimes those phases repeat itself until you're like I'm done with red flags. Red flags aren't my favorite color anymore. Red flags are <laughs> Yeah. It's not a good thing. Nope. Okay. All right, are you ready for mine? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. Now I'm gonna set back like an old okay. man and put my hands on my belly. Okay, so now I'm... Don't touch the table. I'm not touching the table. Okay. Okay. All right, so I'm going to talk to you about um, the Valentine's Day murder of Susan Hamilton. Mm. This is a good one. This was a good one. This was one that... This is a really well-known one, This is a Yes, it's really well-known, but what makes it even worse is my husband... um, knew not on a not really on a personal more of a professional like a business relationship um level knew this victim and the the murderer so that was that <laughs> hit really close to home and it was uh, you know a lot of like oh my gosh 
talk and what do you know and that type of thing when this happened, which it happened um, 21 years ago. Yeah, right when you guys were dating, huh? Yeah. No, we were already married. No, we were dating. Yeah. Wait, when did we get married? You, yeah. You got married in 2001. Yes, we did. And it's 2022 right now. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Uh-huh. I do math. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell my boss. Okay. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, okay. So this happened February 14th, obviously, of 2001. Mm-hmm. Valentine's supposed to be a day of celebrating your love for your significant other, right? Ooh. Right. Ooh. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for Susan Hamilton, it would be the day that the love of her life would take hers. I know. Ugh, red flags. Yep. So John and Susan Hamilton, they're seemingly perfect 14-year-old, 14-year marriage. Yeah. So 14 years. Yeah. Would come to an end when John... A well-known gynecologist here in Oklahoma City uh-huh. would, on Valentine's Day, between surgeries, would drive home, strangle with not one but two of his own ties, and bludgeon Susan to death before returning to his office to perform another surgery and then go back home after to discover her body and call 911 to report her murder. He tried. He tried to be an really actor. Did. He tried. He really did. Bless him. So, just an hour after calling 911, John would be taken into custody. One yeah, hour. bro. Five hours after he calls 911, he would be charged with her murder. Yeah. So it was a real quick, like, he, he did not plan well. plan well. No. At all. He did not plan well. No. I'm no. sure he just thought, like, I'm in surgery from this time to this time, mm-hmm. and then I have another surgery from this time to this time. So people just assume I was at the hospital, mm-hmm. like, that entire time, and mm-hmm. some, some nurse is going to vouch for me. Yep. Well. Nope. Turns out that's not really... How any of that works. Nope. So. Not at all. Wow. Yeah. This one is so interesting because it, I remember watching stuff about this in the early 2000s. Um, not many years after it happened. Right. 60 Minutes did a, yeah, did an episode over it. There's been like a 60 Minutes, like a Dateline maybe. I know like Investigation Discovery has done stuff Mm -hmm. on it. I mean, it's like well known. Yeah. If you, if you talk about Oklahoma murders. Yeah. This is one of the. Right. Because it's a very wealthy couple. Yeah. 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 Didn't they live in Nichols Hills? They lived in Quell Creek. Oh, okay. Um, But I think that was back it's still in the a nice day, area. a very it's still nice a area. Really nice area. Um, but yeah, very um, prominent couple. I think he bought her a Porsche or something for their wedding on their wedding day. Sure. <clears throat> why wouldn't you? Why? Why wouldn't I? <laughs> Can I get a Porsche on my wedding day? No, shy. No, you can't. No. No. <laughs> Damn it. 
<clears throat> Anyways, yeah. So, yeah, it was really. Your husband built us this beautiful pod dormer. Why are you asking for a Porsche? Um, well, you know, I have expensive taste. And I think we all know this, and so does he. We have this beautiful JCPenney quilt. I know. But what we really need. Don't get greedy. <laughs> Can't help it, Shan. Don't get greedy. I can't help it. Okay. Back to our story. Sorry. Sorry. Back to our story. Sorry. I'm going to talk like this now. Okay. No, we are not on a 1-900 line. Damn it. No. Fine. Okay. Um, at trial, it would come to light that John was super possessive of Susan. Mm-hmm. She not only worked at his office part-time... But they would do regularly scheduled lunch dates, and he was said to call Susan repeatedly during the day for 14 years. Like, I get codependency in a marriage, in a relationship. I get that. Been there. Get that. But after 14 years, and if you're still calling your significant other multiple times during the day, well, what are we saying? We text our spouses all the time. Is that the uh, same? Could it be considered mm, the same? Mm, I don't. Ours is more like, hey, what are you bringing home for dinner? Or, hey, look at <laughs> look at this really cool house that we cannot afford. Yeah, look at this dumbass reel I just watched. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like stupid shit. Yeah, like dumb, dumb stuff. Yeah. Or me texting your husband to be like, uh, our heat's out. Can you... <laughs> We're freezing. Um, yeah. I don't. Okay. So here's. Mm, I'm just going to lay it out there. Go. Uh, back in the early aughts, uh-huh. when I first moved down here, uh-huh. the, we didn't have, like, everybody had a cell phone, but you didn't use your cell phone because this was before unlimited minutes. This was, remember, right, I didn't you, even know your cell phone number at that point in time. Right. Remember? Right. And we lived together. Right. So I worked with this lady whose husband would call because I was the receptionist. Mm-hmm. I worked with this lady whose husband would call, I swear to God, 23 times every day. That is not an exaggeration. That was like a light day. And this was a place where these people were taking phone calls all day long. Right. And making phone calls. Like that was their job. Right. It was a collection agency. No shade. Um, This dude would call 20 plus times a day. And it was, I think there was way more going on in that marriage than I could comprehend at the age of 19, 20 years old, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, But I was like, that? This too much. Yeah, you know excessive. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's way too much. Yeah. I think it's that. I don't think it's like, hey, what are you bringing home for dinner? Right. It's, I'm checking on you to see where you are. Right. And if you're where you're supposed to right. be. Nowadays, people just have the um, apps to check yeah. on their spouses. Yeah. Which could go, could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. Yeah. 
I have it on mine to so I can see when um, my husband is almost home and then I can like get up out of my recliner and start like doing stuff like I've been doing. So you look like you've been busy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just washing these dishes right now. Living my best life. Doing it for you, babe. I'm not. (laughs) That's his job. Um, But I think it's that. I think it's like. I need to know what you're doing. I'm calling the house phone. I'm not calling your cell phone. Yeah, I'm calling your house phone. I'm calling the house phone. And if you don't answer, when I get home, you're going to get the 43rd degree about where you were and what you were doing and who you were with. Yeah. It's that. Yeah. It's not, what are you bringing home for dinner? Right. And hey, you'll never believe the surgery I just got out of. It's the craziest. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's that. Yeah, I think so too. Especially if he was a fucking control freak. Yeah. So that's just my two cents. Yeah. Thank you. I like that. Yeah. I like those two cents. I try. You did good. <laughs> um, so not long before she passed, before her death, um, she would tell her daughter that she did love her husband very much, but sometimes it was too much. That is, I, I might be like way off here. But in my opinion, that is a form of domestic violence. Oh, no, 100%. That control, that amount of control that you are exerting Mm -hmm. on another human being, whether it's by fear or – because we don't know what was happening behind closed doors. Nope. Um, Whether it's by fear or fear of monetary control or financial loss or anything like that. Mm-hmm. that, To me, that's a form of domestic violence. Yeah, when you are trying to control your partner – to the point of um, making them feel like it's a little too much or, like you said, the monetary, like controlling money, mm-hmm. that's 100% a form of abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if when confronted with it, you deny. Yep. You are, as we both know, physical abuse is not the only abuse. Like physical abuse hurts a lot, but it's the, I think, the – Mental, emotional abuse that's worse. Yeah. Because you can really mess somebody's brain up. Brain up. All for the rest of up. their lives. For the rest of their lives. To the point of sometimes those people don't even, don't think they need therapy and then end up ruining other people's lives. Yeah. 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 That's super fair. Yeah. So. <sighs> Anyways. Yeah. The, the whole mental abuse and emotional abuse just makes me livid yeah a lot yeah Yeah. and that's what that sort of seems like what's going on yeah i think so so very controlling very yeah it's gross so yeah she susan would also um discover that john had made 60 phone calls to a woman that was later discovered to be one of his patients. Mm-hmm. 60, I think, within a month. Mm-hmm. So if he was calling his wife every day multiple times, like, when did he have time for surgeries? You know what I'm saying? That's like, what, what I'm you saying. Doing? If you're, like, a really busy OBGYN, because my OBGYN just happened to casually mention that he was, like, the day that I saw him, he was like, I had eight surgeries today. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what the f- How do you have lunch? Yeah. <laughs> it's like no big deal to them. Yeah. How do you how are you on the phone with people just 65 times? You know? Yeah, don't know. That's bananas. Yeah. It's, it's gross. Right. That you're an OBGYN and you're 
Yeah. So. <laughs> with a patient. So, like, gross. Ooh, I don't. I, it's, yeah. it's beyond my comprehension as yeah. well. It's fine. I don't know what to say about that. I have not, I have yet to meet a very beautiful doctor that I'm just like, oh, I maybe should not be coming here. Oh, really? I have not met one. Oh, you should have seen the guy that uh, casted Harper's leg when she was, broke her leg. Was he beautiful? He was gorgeous. He was like 12, but he was gorgeous. <laughs> I was like, oh, hi. <laughs> this is my husband, but it's fine. <laughs> JK. It's fine. No, he was beautiful. Yeah. God bless him. Yeah. He fixed my baby. I'm just, I haven't yet to meet one. It's fine. I go to children's. Okay. <laughs> I'll remember that. <laughs> Where do you need to go, ma'am? I need to go to Children's. <laughs> I think I broke my arm. Can you take me to Children's Emergency Room? Yeah. I'd be like, um, it's fine. I just need something pretty to look at while you put a cast on my arm. It's fine. I like pink. <laughs> Rainbows and unicorns. So... Uh, the prosecution obviously would allege that John was having an affair with this patient. Sure. The patient does. Or at least trying to have an affair with her. Oh, yeah. The patient does testify that she um, was a topless dancer and had performed multiple table dances for John, who would tip her very well for these dances. When? When do you have time to do this? I don't know. Maybe he was the daytime crowd. Is he just rolling out to Double D's saloon at, like, lunchtime? Come on. Yeah. I mean, Ugh. some guys really swear by their lunch specials. That's not true. None of that I, is true. I, I knew someone that did. It's fine. Blech. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. So, while she did deny having an affair with him... She did testify that he was calling her 10 or more times a day. Yeah, because he's also trying to control her. Yeah. And she's like, listen. Hey, look. I make my own money. I dance for dudes just like you. Yeah. Like, you're nothing. There's nothing nothing special about you. Nothing special about you, sir. She probably made just as much money as he did. That's what I'm saying. She probably was raking it in. Yeah. I don't know. It did say that she, uh, that he would give her, um free medication when she couldn't afford prescriptions what kind of it doesn't matter this is not this has nothing to do with it yeah i'm just like what kind is he giving her oxy under the table for just like shits and giggles or what no it was um antidepressants he was giving her listen everybody needs an antidepressant sugar daddy everybody If you're going to be a sugar daddy, make sure you got a load of antidepressants. At least have access to Prozac. Because let's be honest. (laughs) Please. Let's let's just be honest. If you have to be a sugar daddy and need your little side piece, you need to give that chick all the antidepressants because she's got to put up with your jank ass. She's got to hate her life. She does. She's got to hate her life. She's got to laugh at your dumbass jokes that nobody else wants to laugh at. You're... idiotic i've got to stay with my wife but i'll put you up whatever shut the fuck up no bring prozac bye bing bring the (laughs) (laughs) bring the prozac 
Bring the dollar bills. Leave me the fuck alone. Okay? Bye-bye. Yeah, that's all we want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. He did did call her, this patient, Uh after Susan found out, Uh found those phone calls, and um, tell her that he loved his wife and didn't want a divorce and could no longer be her doctor this patient's doctor and she was probably like okay fine she's like cool man also stop calling yeah me like 10 leave, times leave a day alone so i think he was making this relationship he was making it up in his brain oh yeah i'm pretty sure and she was like i've already got a new OBGYN. i can't deal with your nonsense anymore. right right and i don't need prozac that bad right bye it's fine wow yeah yeah okay he's all right you know what? Okay. So, I didn't know all of this. Yeah, yeah. So the defense would call a well-known blood spatter expert. Okay. Which one? What was his name? Do you have his name? No. Okay. Bevel. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Bill. Bill Bevel? No. Mm-hmm. I know the last name was Bevel. Sorry. Yeah. Um. But I would like to also point out here that in 2001, it was very much a, this is an an, an amazing science that is, um, that will help with your case. We do know now Blood spatter that still has its place. It but does. like, people have bastardized it to make it what they want. Right. Like, they are Joyce Gilcresting shit all over the place when it comes to when it comes to physical evidence like that and just kind of like, yeah, this 100% means X and Y. Right. And it doesn't. It does not. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I just kind of wanted to point that out. This was in 2001. Yeah. We know now that blood spatter can't always be your 100%. Bevel did, in fact, write a textbook on blood spatter pattern analysis. Right. But I think he also now does like trainings that are only like, Six weeks long, and you can be an expert, and let's let's not. And he does a lot of defense. Yeah. Consulting. Whatever. However, okay, let me just finish. That all has its we, place. Yeah. yeah okay. Go ahead. So, Sorry. No. Um, so they call in this Bevel guy to help prove that the blood spatter found at the scene, mm-hmm. the blood and skin found in his car... Okay. Okay. Was he not even wearing gloves? He's a goddamn doctor. Yeah. That had access to gloves. I know. I know, I know. He's just, I don't know. Okay, so, and on his person, right? Mm Mm-hmm. They brought him in to help prove that all of this that they found was proof that John was trying to save Susan's life with CPR and all the things. Like, when they found the blood and the skin in his car, he was like, no, that was in there. Because after I called 911, I went out and moved my car so the ambulance could pull up. How much time was it between when they theorized that he killed her and when he came back and was like, oh, my wife is dead? I don't know. Was it, like, hours? I don't think so. I don't think it was hours. It was, it like, an hour? Probably something like that. Because he went back and did another surgery, right? Yes. Yeah. So at least a couple of hours. Could be, but it could have been. A, I don't know. It didn't ever state the surgery or the time length of time. 
okay. So, Go ahead. I mean, just like you, this was a quick like, hey, <laughs> what can I find? Sorry. What can I Sorry. find on this? And now you're questioning me like I've done a deep dive. Sorry. And the gopher holes. I have not, Shan. I just really want to tell the story. I'm sorry, Shai. I'm 20 questions. I'm sorry, it's fine. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> all good, right? They're like, we got this in the bag. Like, we can prove. We got Bevel. We can prove yeah. that this was, right? Yeah. However, when cross-examined by the prosecution, they would ask Bevel, is there anything that we have missed that was important to the investigation? Uh-huh. And under oath, Bevel would say, actually, yes, there was. There was spatter on the arm of one of the sleeves that was consistent with what would happen when you strike someone. Okay. So everyone missed that on the initial investigation. Okay. Bevel comes along. He's like, sure, yeah, this could potentially be where you were doing CPR, right? But this splatter here is is like cast off from cast off from when you you raised your hand and struck her. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So she was not only strangled with a tie, a necktie, two neckties, two neckties. Why two? I don't know. I've got a lot of questions. And then, um, um, it was a pretty horrific murder. Did he kill her in their like master bathroom or yes. something? Okay. Very horrific. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. But not only did he strangle her, he bludgeoned her. Like. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. But Tom Bevel was like, so yeah, there's this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a misting pattern that can happen when you do CPR compressions on someone that has blood in their mouth or mm-hmm. their trachea mm-hmm. and they can expel. Right. But on the arm of a sleeve, there's a cast off pattern. Uh-huh. So obviously he did some sort of testing to show positioning from this blood. Yes. Cast off, you would think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Theoretically. Theoretically. All righty. Yeah. Fair enough. Go ahead. So, (laughs) after that testimony, it took the jury less than two hours to find John Hamilton guilty of first-degree murder of his wife, Susan. I agree. And then he would later be sentenced to life in prison. Without parole? Without parole. He has tried to appeal. He has tried for parole in both. What's his basis of appeal? I'm going to read his appeal document. Let me tell you. So... He, not only was he a gynecologist here in Oklahoma City, and I'm probably going to ruffle feathers, he also performed abortions. Oh, okay. And, and that was during... Just okay. a week prior to, a week prior to her murder, they had received a, f- a fax or an email or something okay. from an anti-abortion group yeah. threatening them. Yeah, but why go into somebody's house and kill the wife? Exactly. Well, she worked there. She worked at his office. 
Yeah, I know. I know. I get it. I get it. Like. I mean, we've had abortion doctors murdered here before. Yeah. So I can't remember the name of the anti-abortion group, but one of the members of this group actually killed, I think in New York, um, like sniper killed a doctor, like straight up. Shit. Yeah. So they are that they're um, like super militant. Yes. Okay. Anti-abortion people. Okay. And so that was his theory. Yeah. Is that. Was there any like evidence of forced entry? Nope. No forced entry. They couldn't ever find the weapon. Weapon was never found. And she as a person was probably not the person that was like, oh, hey, stranger, showing up to my doorstep right. in Quail Creek. Please come in. No. Especially after being threatened. Yeah, no. Um, and knowing the type of work your husband was in and how much um, people did not like, you know, the one side of his job that he did. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't just let someone in your house. No. For sure. Definitely not. So. Yeah, he. it was definitely him. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. We feel strong about that. Felt- Completely strong about it. <laughs> yes. 100%. Pretty sure. Okay. Okay. So that, that was my Valentine's Day moida. You did such a better job than me, Shia. Way to go. No. 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 We equally grand. <laughs> we equally slept on this. It's fine. Nope. No. I think we did wonderful. But maybe this is something we can do for fun holidays. Like um St. Patrick's Day. St. Patty's Day, your birthday. Yay. We can do a St. Patty's Day slash Shy's birthday uh special episode. Sweet. What day does that fall on this year? I think it's a Thursday. Okay. And then Memorial Day. <gasps> your birth is your birthday on Memorial Day this year? I don't know if it is. It is some years and some years it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's fun like that. Yeah. It's like Thanksgiving. You never know. know what day it's going to fall on. Right. Um, maybe we could just do fun holiday special apps. I think that would be lots of fun. Um, Halloween, we can do some hauntings. Ugh. Are you going to walk me to my car afterwards? Yeah. Okay. I'll make my husband walk you to your car. <laughs> Ryan, you go. <laughs> it's fine. I'm going to stay in the house where it's safe. Bye. It's totally fine. <laughs> okay. Well, that was fun. It was so fun. And we recorded the whole thing. And happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, lover. To you and yours. <laughs> and uh, if you wanted to break up with someone, now you have to wait <laughs> till next weekend. Or you should have done it on the 13th. You really, really should have done it way before Valentine's Day. Yeah, then you're because now you're a dick. Asshole. Don't do it on Valentine's Day. Come on, guys. No, and don't ghost her on Valentine's Day. It's rude. All right. Oh, yeah. No, God. Mm-mm. Ghosting people? Not cool. No. That was fun, Shy. Good Thanks. job. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at you're doing fine. Okay. Pod. That's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore. Okay. Underscore pod.